You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome again to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet, your intrepid host. It is February 8th. 2021. This is episode 79 of this podcast. And today we're going to talk about the whole shenanigan uh, story of GameStop and GameStonk, as it's alternatively known, and Robinhood and Reddit. Reddit has a group called Wall Street Bets that I was not aware of. And I think the vast majority of uh, humanity was not aware of this Reddit until the past couple of weeks when this Reddit comprised initially of I think about a million users and now at least last time I checked it was up to 7 million users. But this Reddit group of small-time investors decided that they were going to try and beat some of the big dogs on Wall Street at their own game. And so what they did was they decided to counter a short position by some major hedge funds, including notably Melvin Capital. So Melvin Capital is this multi-multi-billion dollar hedge fund. And what Melvin Capital had done is basically bet, like horse racing, on the stock for GameStop, this uh, brick-and-mortar You can buy video games and accessories and computer games and various fandom uh, knickknacks. You can sell your used uh, video games and accessories and computer games and knickknacks to them, and they'll resell them, or you can trade for credit. And this brick-and-mortar business was expected to go the way of a lot of brick-and-mortar businesses here lately, especially with the rise of online gaming, with the rise of uh, being able to download your game files from the cloud and save them to the same. It was expected by Melvin Capital and a lot of the big dogs on Wall Street that GameStop was going to go belly up. They expected that GameStop was going to have the same fate as Blockbuster way back in the day. If you are at or around my age, if you're older than I am, uh, you will certainly remember Blockbuster Video being the place to go to rent your movies. And when Netflix and other such came around, I mean, initially Netflix was uh, an option for you to go and uh, you know get a movie out of a vending machine, and you could do that while you're at the grocery store. It was a lot quicker. It was a lot easier. It was a lot simpler to rent and return movies and video games and such. When Netflix first came around, and then they offered the streaming, that was the end of Blockbuster. Their business model was not able to compete with that. They did not get with the times. They were still doing things the old-fashioned way. And so the expectation is not unreasonable that GameStop is going to go the way of Blockbuster when you have 
websites and platforms like Steam, for instance. Steam-powered games is what I use for playing Civilization VI. You can buy games on there. You can gift games on there. You buy a game on Steam, and then you just download it. You download it from their servers onto your hard drive, and that's where it's stored. There's no disk. There's none of that. You don't have to order it and have it shipped to your house. You don't have to go to the store in person and buy the disk and have a disk drive. A lot of computers anymore don't even come with disk drives. You have to buy an external disk drive if you want to be able to play CD-ROM and DVDs. So what Melvin Capital did was they bet heavily. In fact, they borrowed shares, and then they bet that these shares were going to go down in value in what is called shorting. They shorted the stock. In fact, they shorted the stock so hard that they shorted 140% of the actual shares that existed for the company. And so the Wall Street Bets community on Reddit, they realized what had happened, and they decided to jump in and try to prop the, the price up or, in fact, drive the price as high as possible for GameStop's stock. And part of what they were looking at was not just, hey, we get a chance to uh, mess with the big dogs and uh, disrupt their plans, but also they were looking at, like my brother pointed out, the fact that GameStop recently changed their entire management team. And with new leadership, they might just innovate. They might just get with the times. They might not do what Blockbuster did. They might actually uh, come up with something surprising. Their new leadership has proven uh, successful at other companies, turning other companies around that looked like they were going the way of the dodo. And so the thought was, maybe, just maybe, it's not over for GameStop. But as much or more, it was, let's get those guys. And as much or more, it was also, there's an opportunity to make some money here. That's how these hedge funds make money, is they bet on the stock going down. And as I research this more, and I'm by no means an expert, so take this with a grain of salt, but I've been interested because I invested some money. And so then I'm following to see what's going to happen to my money. Was that a good investment? Did I make money? Did I lose money? Uh, who's going to win here? What's going to win out? I've been following this, researching it, asking questions, trying to learn more. And what I've heard, what I've read, if I can trust this, is that you have hedge funds, the big ones, that have a lot of money, that have powerful friends, able to not only bet, not only passively research and analyze and anticipate and guess which way certain stocks are going to go. You have also the ability with this wherewithal to somewhat nudge things in a certain favored direction, to help along a company. If it looks like it's on its way out, let's just give it a little nudge so that it goes out when we want it to. So we're going to start circulating stories in the media, in print, on TV, on the internet. We're going to start drumming up a um, anticipation of inevitability so that when it happens, we have all of our ducks in row, we have all of our uh, positions already assured, and we're ready to capitalize, we're ready to 
uh, cash in on the fact that this company just went out and it's gone. And then we're going to take that money, we're going to put it into somewhere else, and we're going to make things happen. We're going to move and shake the market as we please. And so there's a certain amount of manipulation that uh, certainly does seem on the front end as if it is just standard fare. This is part of how the market works. It, should it work this way? Is it scrupulous? Is it good? Is it right? Uh, that's a secondary question. I personally am not comfortable with the very real possibility, probability that you have companies that are not just guessing, they're not just analyzing, they're actively working behind the scenes to make their guesses happen because they've bet heavily on their guesses happening. And so much of this is about manipulating public perception so that the small-time players, the medium-sized players, move their money around as you see fit. And then you just get ahead of it. You buy in and then you get a bunch of hype so that people are going to buy that stock. So it drives the stock price up so that you then can cash out and you make a killing. You get a whole bunch of people who have bought in uh, expecting that the stock is going to go down. So they pull their money out, so on and so forth. So, so that's what the Reddit group was looking at is they were seeing this is what happens. This is what they're doing. And oh, look, this hedge fund, this major Wall Street firm is overextended. Wouldn't it be a shame if something happened to that? Wouldn't it be interesting if we all jumped in and the million of us with our little investments all added up to a big investment and we piled on and we drive the price through the roof and then the rest of the market will see that GameStop's value is going up and up and up and up and up and then they will jump on and then the hedge funds lose a ton of money and we make a ton of money. And it just so happened, my brother, who was on Wall Street Bets and was following these things with interest and has been dabbling a little bit in the market, called me up a couple of Mondays ago to complain, to bemoan the fact that he had missed out on a big cash-in because he had called. He, you know, if, if Melvin Capital can bet on the stock price going down, you call that a short. And if you are going to bet on the price going up, the value going up, you call that a call, as I understand it. And so he had put in a few calls, bought a few calls, and it looked like Wall Street and Main Street in their arm wrestling contest uh, Wall Street was possibly going to win, so they were driving the price back down again. And so it was like, well, maybe I should just cash out on these while I can. I'll get while the getting's good. And he made, you know, a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars, not a, a terrible amount of money. And then he called me on Monday to say if he had held on to that stock for just a couple more days, it would have been worth $75,000. And so, of course, he's not calling to give me a hot stock tip and to tell me, hey, you should buy in, you should buy some GameStop shares, here's what's going on. But he explained a little bit of the context of why he had just missed out and what was going on. And I get off the phone with him and I think, well, you know what, I've got an account on Robinhood that I opened up specifically so I could try and research how the market works. I figured if I'm not invested at all, aside from my 401k, I'm never going to pay attention and figure out how this stuff works. So I'll invest $50 here, 
$25 there, $50 there, $75 here. If this stock is looking like it's especially good, maybe I'll buy a couple hundred dollars of shares. And so I did that with Tesla, for instance, uh, late last year. I got into Robinhood trading back in September and learned a lot, right? I learned a lot and it was very easy. It was very accessible. I did some research on which platform to use. Robinhood was the one I was recommended to use. Uh, I did reading on some of the criticisms of the platform before I started investing on there. And all told, I put in $500 or so. And I made a few hundred dollars off of that in a few months. So I would call it a success. I did pretty well. Uh, but one thing I did notice is the timing of trades was not convenient for me. It might have been convenient to somebody else, but it was not convenient to me. Sometimes I would make a trade and it would go through instantly. Sometimes I would make a trade and it would be hours. And by the time the trade was executed, whether at the top or the bottom of you know the exchange, whether I was wanting to buy some shares or I was wanting to sell some shares, I wasn't getting the absolute best price either way. I was watching closer than whoever it was that was executing the trades when I said I wanted the trades executed. So that bothered me, and I saw a lot of complaints online about that. I don't know if that is just inescapable no matter where you go or if that was meant taking a little cream off the top and off the bottom, both ends. I don't know. But what really opened my eyes in all of this GameStop business is that the Wall Street Bets community on Reddit was doing it. They were succeeding. They were making it happen. They were standing to make a killing. And the hedge funds were making uh, every effort to try and stop this, to slow it down, to turn it around, because they were standing to lose billions of dollars. Billions with a B, not millions of dollars. Billions with a B, dollars. They were going to have to buy back that 140% of GameStop uh, shares at a tremendous loss. They were betting that GameStop was going to go down to $5 a share or something like that. It was going to declare bankruptcy. The fact they were going to try and force it into bankruptcy and just put it out of its misery as they saw it. And then before they know it, it's up closer to $500 a share. And they've borrowed 140% of the stock to short this hard. And now they're going to have to buy uh, a company and a half at 100% or uh, 1,000%, uh, 10,000% of what they actually paid for uh, or were expecting to pay for or get back or whatever. And so at peak, my brother had 50 shares. I don't know what he's at right now. I haven't chatted with him here recently. Uh, he had 50 shares. He had a few calls that he uh, bought back in on because he was expecting, hey, that you know, this is a squeeze, what they call a short squeeze, where these... Uh, hedge funds are going to be desperate. They're going to be desperate, desperate, desperate to get hold of enough shares to mitigate their losses. And it's going to drive the price to the moon, as they say, on this Reddit community. And so at peak, my brother was showing me screenshots of his Robinhood account up 50 grand. And then Wall Street uh, firms and the media and these supposedly democratized trading platforms like Robinhood and TD Ameritrade and Charles Schwab Online, they froze trading for anybody that wanted to buy GameStop. And not just GameStop, about a dozen other 
uh, securities, they said you cannot buy those on our platform because, and they didn't say that it was because Reddit was targeting them to try and drive them up, but that was the reason. It was all the stocks that GameStop uh, was related to in the uh, in, in the aspect that Reddit was trying to capitalize. They were trying to target these stocks to make a killing. And so when this happened, you can imagine which direction you're limited to. It can only go down. If you're not allowed to buy on the major trading platforms that most of these small-time investors are using, if you're not allowed to buy, you're only allowed to sell, the price can only go down. And then what I also learned was happening was what they call a ladder attack. So what a ladder attack is, is you have hedge funds, multiple hedge funds that own uh, significant numbers of shares, and they trade those shares back and forth and back and forth to each other rapidly at decreasing amounts, ever decreasing amounts, in a way that is supposed to look to the general broader market like there's a lot of selling there's a massive amount of selling that's going on. And what that's designed to do is that's designed to jumpstart the market into a panic sell. And so what they want in that case is they've overextended themselves by shorting the stock. They want to drive that value, drive that price down because they've done the cost benefit. And even though they own all these shares and it's going to hurt the value of their shares, it's going to be a way of mitigating their losses on their short position. Because again, they were losing billions with a B and they couldn't have that. And so there was a lot of focus on Robinhood and TD Ameritrade and Charles Schwab. Robinhood getting the lion's share of the negative attention, negative press and criticism. Because when they locked small-time investors out, you had a lot of small-time investors who had already cashed in or they had already bought in rather. And they were watching their portfolio go up and up and up and up. And we're talking tens of thousands of dollars on just a few thousand dollars worth of investment. And there's no telling how high it might have gone. And even if it had just stayed steady or looked like it was taking its natural course and you'd had those investors, those Wall Street Bets, Reddit investors, uh, naturally see their uh, payday come and go, I think that would have been one thing. But the media jumped in. Our mainstream corporate media jumped in. And there were all these stories that were circulating about how these Wall Street bets guys were nefarious and how this was the same kind of mentality as what we saw in the Capitol riots and this is very similar to Make America Great Again and Trump supporters. And even in one case, you had people characterizing the Wall Street Bets crowd as Nazis. And the laughable thing about all of this is that the Wall Street Bets crowd, they are not, in my experience, and I'm, I follow a few Reddits just for kicks and grins. I follow some for uh, PLCs, right? Uh, programmable logic computers. You've got... Um, you know, kind of profession-based Reddits where people just knowledge share. They'll share interesting things that they've come across in their work. If they do a similar work to me, they're out there and they come across a really messy cabinet and they 
say, hey, here's a picture of what I just ran into. Can you believe how awful this is? This is just gross. Or how cool is this? Look at this old piece of equipment that I just am working on today. Have you ever seen one of these? It's neat. It's interesting. It's da-da-da. And the Reddit crowd, they are, in my experience, having followed some Reddits for several years, they are not your Donald Trump supporters. They are not your Make America Great Again crowd. They are not your hardcore conservative crowd. In fact, I believe there was a major um, Trump-supporting Reddit that actually was taken off. I, I could be wrong, but I believe that there was a Reddit that was just deleted. It was just removed by the uh the powers that be at the platform because that's just the way that Reddit politics go. They, they're not pro-Trump. They're not pro-Make America Great Again. They're more likely to say either we don't care about politics, we'd rather just stick to our memes and our jokes and are cutting up and are not taking things seriously, leave us to our fandom and our fantasy and our video games. Uh, if they are political, it is aggressively and adamantly agnostic and neutral and middle of the road and centrist. Not a lot of extremism on Reddit that I've seen. Uh, Not big fans of Trump. And so then when you have the mainstream media trying to run these stories, aligning the Wall Street Bets guys with Donald Trump, with capital riots, with Nazism, of all things, it's like, now, wait a second, you guys... You're not even trying, right? Like you just have a formula. Anything that you don't like, anything that you've been told to kill by your corporate sponsors, by the people that are paying you, you're just a hired gun and you're just going to plug so-and-so's name or this organization's name into your formula. Uh, They're Nazis, right? Destroy them. They're Nazis. Everything I don't like is Hitler. Anybody that disagrees with me is Hitler. Anybody that gets in my way it's a Nazi. And so for the folks on Reddit that knew what was up, the millions of Reddit users that were on this Wall Street bets crowd, uh, they just are like, are you kidding? Like, we know that's not true. We know who we are. We're not what you're saying we are. And it was just a smear campaign. And so that woke, I mean, literally millions of Americans uh, up to how the media works Because otherwise, I think they honestly have their heads so buried in video games most of the time that they really don't know. If the media has told them just in glancing at it uh, on their way to the microwave uh, to get their pizza rolls so they can get back to their World of Warcraft or whatever, you know, if the media told them that Trump supporters are Nazis and white supremacists and racists, then they're just like, oh, okay, well, probably, whatever. Back to the game. you know. And now that they've got a vested interest, it started out as kind of a joke, but then they started seeing like significant real money that would have changed their lives, that would have paid off their mortgage or allowed them to buy a house or allowed them to get out of credit card debt or pay off their auto loan or move out of their mother's basement or whatever. Now that they saw those real dollars, tens of thousands of them, even hundreds of thousands of them, come and go, and they blame Wall Street, they blame big tech, they blame big media, they blame politicians and regulators. That will be interesting to see what comes from it. It'll be interesting to see where that goes 
And if you get a conservative movement out of it, I'll be surprised. I don't think you're going to get a whole bunch of hardcore conservatives. I think you're going to get a bunch of populists. And it could just as easily go libertarian as socialist. They could go socialist and say, you know what, we've got too much free market. These people uh, are crooked. I, I hope it doesn't go that way. I hope it goes more the libertarian route where they say, you know what, we don't actually have a free market. This is not a free market. This is why we did it, in part, was to draw attention to the fact that this is rigged. Very wealthy, powerful people make calls, shake hands, do deals, uh, offer uh, trades in favors, and they rig the whole thing against little people out in the real world who are just trying to figure out how they're going to pay off their medical bills, how they're going to pay off their mortgage, how they're going to even make rent, right? And so I was looking at this just for my own personal sake. I didn't invest much because I don't have much to spare. I really don't. Uh, We're living close to the edge as it is. Coronavirus was difficult for us the past year. I made $20,000 less in 2020 than I did in 2019. And I don't have a lot to spare. I put a few hundred dollars in because I wanted to make an investment in my understanding. I wanted to understand how the markets work better so that if at some future date we get out of debt, if we build up a savings, if I inherit some wealth, if my book sells well, if I have some money to invest, I don't want to have to take somebody else's word for it entirely and be wholly dependent on them and their good faith to tell me how to invest my money, my family's nest egg wisely. So I put $500 in to buying some stocks to understand the stock market better and its fundamentals. And I feel like I got that. And so what I did when this whole GameStop thing came to my attention, my brother told me about it, is I joined Wall Street Bets, started following the conversation on there a little bit just to see what was up, just to see what to make of it. I'm not big on the class warfare thing and let's just screw these guys because they're rich and we hate that they're rich and we're not rich. I don't like that. I think that's a dangerous sentiment. I think that's not necessarily a righteous uh, sentiment. I think that that could be actually uh, just a different kind of wickedness and I don't want any part of that. On the other hand, if these people over here are rich because they've been cheating, because they've been using uneven weights and measures, because they've been lying and manipulating people, and they actually did get rich by defrauding other people out of their hard-earned retirement income, out of their hard-earned paycheck that they put into the markets because they, like me, are trying to just provide for their family. They're trying to make ends meet. They're trying to get a little extra this month to buy some clothes so that you're not always getting free hand-me-down clothes from people that know you're a big family. You know, if if that's how these big uh, Wall Street types have gotten wealthy is by cheating, then there is a certain satisfaction in seeing them get some comeuppance or at least seeing their cage get rattled. There's a certain justice to that, especially if it is within the rules. If it's within the rules to play the same game that they're playing right back at them and have strength in numbers and to successfully make them sweat by doing the exact same thing, it's totally legal, doing the exact same thing that they're doing, it is fair game in my mind. 
And if they cry foul and if they double down on cheating and manipulating by going to Robin Hood, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, and saying, we want you to referee that side hard. Referee so hard that you run interference. You throw the flag on the play. You call fouls on them. Buy us some time because we are in a pickle. We are in a jam. There's two sides to this, right? They were in a pickle, but we were poised to make a lot of money. Now, I don't know how high the stock could have gone potentially. I really don't. I had four and a half shares, and I still have four and a half shares because I'm holding. I see no reason to sell at a loss. The GameStop value this morning at this instant is $70.10. It's up 9.79% for the day. And I see no reason to cash out just yet. I'm just going to hold, and we'll see where it goes from here. But if it had gone to $1,000 a share, I'd have made about $4,500. If it had gone to $10,000, I'd have made forty five dollars If it had gone to $40,000, I could have paid off my mortgage. And there was talk, however credible it was. I'm not an expert. Like I said, I'm more acquainted with how the markets work now than I was when this all started. But there was talk on Reddit of it potentially going to forty grand a share. If I can even imagine forty grand a share and cashing in on that, uh, the thought of even the possibility having been castrated by a coordinated effort on the part of big media, big tech, I, I don't like that. I think that that makes me really frustrated with the current system and the way that things work. I think it makes a lot of other people frustrated as well. And I don't think this is over by a long shot. I think that a bear has been poked on Wall Street, and so they're going to go, and there's already been rumbles uh, of this. They're going to go, and they're going to change the rules to lock this down. They realized their mistake, and now they're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. So trading is available again on GameStop. For instance, Robinhood graciously notified me on Friday that there were no restrictions on how many shares I could buy and whether I could buy uh, GameStop shares. They graciously informed me after they had crashed the price by only allowing users to sell, supposedly to protect the consumer, supposedly to protect the consumer. Now, I didn't realize that that was the job of all of these people to protect us from investing and losing money. I thought that was the whole idea of a free market is you win some, you lose some, right? If all of a sudden you're going to say, we're going to protect you from investing because you might lose. Well, guess what else you've protected me from? You've protected me from winning. You've protected me from winning. And this is what is wrong with so very much of our political system, our society these days. We're protected from making a mistake, which means we're also protected from genuinely innovating and being rewarded for our efforts and enjoying the fruits of our labors. We're so protected, we are like bubble boy, and you can't live life that way. And I really hope that what comes out of this is you have a lot of people who realize how costly that is. The Democrats that now have our government in, uh, if not a stranglehold, they at least have it 
in a um, subjugated, submissive posture. The Democrats campaign ceaselessly on protecting us from ourselves. And I hope that there are several million more Americans who now realize just what that costs. It does cost tens of thousands of dollars. It does lock you out from being able to break free from a bondage of debt. It does make you dependent. It makes you vulnerable. It puts you at the mercy of people who might claim any number of things in order to have power over you. Give me your money. Give me your wealth. Give me your representation. Give me your power. Give me your decision-making ability. Give me everything. And they're just bottomless pits. They are black holes. And they say that they're doing it for our good, but are they really? And even if they are, what if maybe we know better what is in our best interest? And what if when we want their help, we'll let them know? How about that? How about rather than them protecting us from ourselves, they mind their own business? How about they protect us from themselves? If they can't do that, then why should we believe that we're going to be protected from anything else by them? We shouldn't. The simple answer is we shouldn't. So for people like me, for people like my brother, I think there's going to be a question of do we invest in the market moving forward or do we pull our money out and invest it somewhere else? Do we find a wiser, safer place where the game is not rigged against us? So it'll be interesting to see what happens to the stock market when a whole lot of small-time investors pull out, or maybe we don't pull out. Maybe we double down. Maybe we circle back, as uh, Jin Saki likes to say. We're going to circle back on this, and this ain't over. We are going to have our day in the hot sun. I think it's interesting. I think it's very interesting, and uh, it's not over yet. So what I would recommend... Personally, here's where I will give some financial advice. I would recommend paying attention to this. I would recommend finding some other platform to just dabble a little bit. Don't put your life savings in. Don't put it on a credit card. Don't take out a loan so that you can play the stock market. Don't put your family's clothing budget into the market. But I would recommend if you have a little bit of money to dabble to get you invested in your attention to understanding these things, how they work, how the markets work, how to participate in a free market. I would recommend doing it, not on Robinhood. Stay clear of Robinhood. Stay clear of Charles Schwab. Stay clear of TD Ameritrade. If they have played it fast and loose with their users' ability to get in on some profitable action because they're beholden to big players at your expense. Don't put yourself in a dependent state. However attractive the platform is, however easy to use, it's a trap. Okay, I'm telling you, I didn't risk much, but I did miss out because it's a trap. This is true with cryptocurrency as well. Dogecoin right now is the only place that I can buy Dogecoin that I know of. I'm waiting on verification for my Kraken.com, K-R-A-K-E-N.com account so that I can deposit funds from my checking account 
into there and use those funds to buy cryptocurrency. But right now, uh, they're still verifying. I think there's a huge influx of users that are all trying to do the same thing. I tried to buy some Dogecoin last week, and I did buy Dogecoin. I bought uh, at 0.0022 per Dogecoin. I bought $100 worth. And because Reddit was targeting Dogecoin also and trying to drive the value up and trying to make it a thing and make some money off of it, Robinhood, which had been allowing users to buy Dogecoin there, all of a sudden started pumping the brakes. They started dragging their feet. They started not executing trades in a timely manner. And so I got frustrated because I tried to buy some and then I tried to sell some and then I tried to buy some more and they were locking me out. And if I had been able to hold on to that, if they had not been playing funny with it, that and and so frustrated me and so demoralized me about using their platform, you do the math, $100 at .0022, when it's now at $0.08, cents, it went up 40 times. I would have made four grand on that Dogecoin investment. So that's the kind of money we're talking about that they are locking us out of because they changed the rules on the fly in order to make it conducive for the people at the very top that they have the closest relationships with. So don't use Robinhood. Uh, I would recommend for crypto trading, check out coinbase.com. So far, I've had really good luck with that. I've bought some Bitcoin. Again, not much, just uh, a couple hundred dollars worth just to see what it does, to follow it, to make myself interested enough to do research on how it works and what all goes into it. Bitcoin is doing very well right now, and it could go very badly, but uh, I think it's just going to be a short term that it goes down. I think with the way our government is spending, it might be a good idea to get into cryptocurrency, just like they say it's a good idea to get into buying silver or gold because it has lasting value and it's not uh, dependent on inflation. In fact, inflation might help the value of gold, silver, uh, your, your hard currencies, your precious metals. It will help the value of cryptocurrency, I do believe. So anyway, check it out. Do some research. Let me know what you find. If you understand the markets better than I do, I'd love to hear from you. If I've said anything that is not quite technically correct, please correct my misunderstanding or add to my understanding so that I understand this better, and I'll be happy to share that with my audience. But for right now, that's all I got for today. Uh, remember, one of the things that the Lord God hates is uneven weights and measures. And so we can take from this a frustration. We can take this uh, as a defeat or a sign that we should just give up on um, doing well or doing business and making a profit. Or we can look at this as all the more reason why it's important to be equal and fair and honest and maintain a good reputation. Because now these platforms that have been caught red-handed, they're gonzo. They're done for. Who in their right mind would use them? I certainly am not going to. But anyway, that's all I got to say. Thanks for listening. Till next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. 
Also, check out On The Rock's blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com. Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullet, host of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On the Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in, and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.